Professor Schwartz, what did we find out about one of the researchers in this analysis of the studies on consumption of red meat? One of the 13 uh, scientists involved in this study, five years ago, published a paper totally unrelated to the current paper. It was on sugar. And uh, for that paper, there was some funding from uh, vested interest from a a food source. He didn't report this uh, in the current publication. The current journal, the Annals of Internal Medicine, requires reporting of any conflict of interest that occurred within the last three years. This occurred five years ago. So he was abiding by the letter of the law, but really not by the spirit of the law. I, I think he should have reported it because it's irrelevant irrelevant when it comes to this paper. What we should be looking at is whether the advice that they are now giving, that people should not cut back or or do not need to cut back on their meat consumption uh, because there's just too little evidence that they will reap any benefit. That's what we need to look at, not uh, to uh, look at, you know, whether or not there was some obscure connection to food industry in the past by one of the 13 people that uh, was involved in this study. Let's look at the study itself and see how meaningful that is. Well, and unfortunately, I don't think it's very meaningful. Well, how common, though, is it for nutrition studies to have some connection to the food industry? It's not uncommon because uh, these days it's very difficult to get grants from government sources. Uh, Money is scarce. So, of course, researchers will look for alternate sources. And uh, let's say you're doing research in some aspect of food science or nutrition. You're not going to approach a car manufacturer or a light bulb manufacturer for funding. You will, of course, approach someone who may stand to have some sort of benefit from the findings uh, that you uh, research. And I'm not really that concerned about what is published. I'm much more concerned about what may not be published, because if you have funding from some vested source and you find that your data would not support that source, you know, you might just sit on it and not publish it because you'll never get another cent from those people if you publish something contrary to their interests. That's what I worry about. And that's why these days what I push for is some sort of of agency uh, that would require that any study that is undertaken be registered with that agency before the study is uh, started so that you can't hide the data and uh, you'd be forced to publish it even if it's contrary to what uh, you would like it to be. Uh, But I don't dismiss studies just because there may have been some funding uh, from a vested source. We need to look at the data. We have to be careful not to cherry pick. And, you know, I've kind of concentrated my career on not cherry picking data. I pick all the cherries from the tree, mash them together, and uh, drink the juice and see what conclusion that leads me to. Well, I'm glad that you can do that. You're a scientist. But for the average consumer, I mean, they're going to be very concerned if there's news that food studies or even medication studies might be funded by vested interests, by companies. Absolutely. And I totally sympathize with that. And it takes effort and energy to come to a conclusion of who you should be listening to and, you know, whose advice is is sound. And that's not a simple thing to do. I mean, I I will, you know, unabashedly say that I think our office is is a source where one can go because we don't have any vested interest. We spend our life from morning to night, often late at night, scrutinizing the scientific literature, trying to demystify it for the public, trying to separate sense from nonsense, putting it into language that they can understand. But 
communicating science is a specialty, just like any other area of science. So you have to look to the special specialists who are able to do that. And we look for consensus. We never make any big change on one single study. You know, we, we have to take everything into account. And uh, I, I fully appreciate that people feel like, you know, uh, they're floundering in the wind out there because one day eggs are good, the next day they're not good. One day butter is good. We switched margarine. Then we're told margarine is, is not good. And it seems that, you know, the scientific nutritional pendulum is swinging back and forth all the time. But if you are really able to, to tease out the real science, you'll see that, no, it doesn't swing back and forth that much. The advice that we're giving now is advice that we've been giving for a long time. And Canada's Food Guide appreciates that. That, you know, you look at your plate, it should be half fruits and vegetables, one quarter whole grain, and uh, one quarter proteins. That can be meat, fish, poultry, uh, or some plant-based product like beans, lentils, or or nuts. And that's the, the advice that we have been giving. And we don't stray from that. Of course, you will have the headlines telling you that bacon is killing you or that uh, bacon is your savior. Uh, but information uh, has to be filtered. And as Aristotle uh, famously said, on every view, there are extremes. But we should look for the truth in between those extremes. Are you concerned that this kind of back and forth may erode the public's faith in scientific studies and lead to movements like uh, the anti-vaxxers? Yes, uh, I, I'm very concerned, especially about the anti-vaxxers, because that is just horrific, uh, and that has uh, very serious consequences. And yes, uh, I've been concerned about the uh, public feeling eroding about what scientists can do, but uh, believe it or not, I've recently been comforted, because there have been a couple of studies that have come out just within the last month, uh, which show that uh, scientists uh, are still very, very highly trusted. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm not sure that there is such skepticism among the public. It's true that uh, some of the major skeptics out there who criticize scientific methodology, you know, are, uh, are very noisy. And uh, we hear a lot from them. And we don't hear all that much from people who, who think that scientists really are doing a good job. Thank you so much for this. Thanks, Lynn.